Okay, we are in the middle of the Maimon Ois Beis. We now start to explain the metaphor of food, and we talked about why carbonus are referred to as food. Now, the purpose of food, of course, is to give the life force impact on the body. If a person eats, they dismiss the negative, and they utilize it to bring them energy, both to, to, for, for survival and also for functionality. And the same is true in general in our relationship with Hashem that there are aspects of godliness that are considered like the eyes and the ears, but that which is sustains us like within the stomach through the digestive system is the metaphor for uh, the carbonics. And the, again, we dismiss the negative, that's the waste, and the positive nourishes the heart, and the heart is the seat of the godliness that is within it. And now we can understand the idea of the carbonis, which is that we elevate the food, which could be representative of just our animalistic impulse. I see it, I want it, I attack it. And the spiritual, to draw it down, as is achieved through the nesachim. Because again, we have this dual dynamic. We have the actual animal, which is elevated, the oil offering. And then we have the nesachim, which are brought down. And again, we, we, we went on to explain this idea about how the animal represents the elevation and the nesachim, the libations, represent bringing that into the material, physical world. Um, and we just, the, the Mimer discusses that at some length. We then went on to describe how the nesachim represent the qualities of Chabad. The Nesachim had three basic, uh, the Mincha and the Nesachim had three basic ingredients. You have the oil, which is necessary, which is representative of Chachma, which is the depth of Godness that can be found in everything, even in a rock. You have the Bina, which is represented by the wine, as wine brings understanding. And you have the grain, which is representative of Das, like it says, that a child doesn't know how to uh, call out to his parents until he has some grain. So that changes him. So now we go back to our original formula. That the Gemara says, whoever reads Kriyashma without tefillin, it's as if he brings the karbonais without a mincha, and it's as if he brings the karbonais zevach without the nesachim. Because we now understand that it, to elevate without bringing it down into the physical world is just to have the up without the then the down, without then it being expressed, so to speak, misses the whole point. That just like we had the waters that were separated on the second day of creation, the Alter Rebbe uses a mushal, that if you have wine and the wine has shmarim, it has sediment, so the wine and the sediment mix together. But when you start separating them, the wine becomes purer, the sediment becomes crasser. So too, when the waters were separated, you have the spiritual waters of godliness and you have the physical waters of simple indulgence. And our objective is that we have to raise up the karbonis in order to bring it down through the nesachim to the lower levels. And these are the different stages that we understand of uh, 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 the manner in which the nesachim are commensurate with the animal sacrifice. Depending on the animal, there's a different quantity of the nesachim. And for the shor, which is more directly representative of the paneshur, the face of the ox on the kisya covered in Ezekiel's vision, it had a greater quantity of nesachim because it elevated higher, could bring down lower. The other animals, which were not as directly representative of uh, elevated godliness, had lower levels. 
That concluded that mimer. There's another mimer that begins on Daf Membeis Amid Beis that speaks about the story of the collector of sticks on Shabbos. So we start to talk about the idea of Kedusha and the statement that if a person is Mekadish himself a little bit, Hashem responds with a lot. So we said, well, what is this idea of Kedusha? It's something different than Nashras Hashim. So the Alter Rebbe quotes the Gemara that seems to remedy an apparent contradiction. On the one hand, the Pasuk says, you will collect your grain. On the other hand, it says, others will shepherd your sheep. So which one is it? Do you have to do it yourself or do others? So the Gemara says, well, when you do the will of Hashem, others will do your material work. And when you don't do the will of Hashem, you'll have to do your own physical work. This prompted the Mimer to ask the question, hold on. This Pasuk that says, which is the model that you will have to collect your grain because you are not serving Hashem to the, to the degree that others will do your work, comes right after the Pasuk that says, that you are serving him with all your soul, all your might. So how can that be a situation that warrants you having to do your own collection that suggests that you are doing God's will. So then we went on to explain that, as we'll note, in the first paragraph of the Shema, it says, And in the second, in the second paragraph, it says, quote, only, it doesn't say, So we went on to explain. What is the difference between this? What is this unique level called? This is a level of love that is beyond anything we can measure. So when we talk about that we love Hashem because we love life and Hashem is the source of life, but that's going to be measured as much as I love my life. I love Hashem, but that's a mamali kol almin. It's a commensurate level. When we talk about it means that there is no... um, Restraint. There is no limit. There is no context or contour to my love. It's absolute. It's total. And that's the level that's missing that, quote, results in my having to collect my own grain. And this went on to describe uh, in some greater detail about how our Gashmias impulses can prevent a uh, boundless love for Hashem, which brought us back to the specific sin of the collector of wood that wood represents Eitz Chayim and Eitz Hadas, and that on Shabbos we have the opportunity to bring the two together, that is that the Eitz, the tree, should be aware of its source, a total bittel, and when a person uproots a tree, that is he separates the Eitz from its source of life, which is the opportunity that is unique to Shabbos, where the tree can recognize its uh, dependence, its total bittel, we can recognize and experience total bittel, and that is literally yanked away through the um, uh, uprooting of this branch. So this is why he warranted the harsh penalty of uh, uh, of execution, because he uh, disrupted this special opportunity for total bittel.